Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 76 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Ben Moss Woodward, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder for this episode are the... Oh, what is your role again, Alan? You are the the head, 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 head of... Station Commander. Head of doing something. Head of, head. head of doing something, Alan Stroud. Yeah, whatever it is, uh, it begins yeah, with uber-lieutenant. <laughs> our, our head of playing uh, Chaos, Chris Jarvis. Really? That's quite a claim. If you've ever played me, you'll know how funny that is. <laughs> our head of flying Condors, Grant Walcott. And our head of dying in Condors, Colin Ford. Oh, I think you'll find that's the other way around. <laughs> you've got us mixed up. Uh, oh, well, I think this could be some fighting talk coming on later in the game, if you ever get into a match. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, as you guys might have all noticed, CQC has dropped from the PC beta today. It's also coming out on the Mac as we speak. Um, although there have been some issues with people who have recently purchased the expansion packs not quite getting it, but that'll all be resolved soon, TM. Anyway, if you wish, you can join us in the beta. I'll be outside of Lave Station, and I believe that Grant and Colin will be trying, all night long possibly, to get into matches in the Xbox One. So if you guys let us know how that's going, that'd be awesome. Well, yeah, I think we put uh, our feelers out on the forums and some other different forums and out on the Live Radio Facebook page just to say, if you have the Xbox One version of Elite, if you could currently jump on, go to your CQC and sit trying to get into a deathmatch, that's what we're going to try and do. We're going to try and see that if we can get enough people, if we can't get it to kick off. Failing that, we will abandon that and jump onto the PC version uh, sort of after the halfway mark, so sort of round about 10 o'clock, I think I'll jump on to the PC version if we've still had no joy in the Xbox by then. That seems to make a lot of sense. I am trying to find the new ships in-game. Apparently I have an Imperial Eagle parked up for me at Shinatra Desra, but we also have other new ships that we'll cover in the patch notes, but... They're not anywhere near Lave Station, so I might just fly back to Lave Station and see how the scenario is there. And if people are there, then I'll just lurk and talk to you guys there. Otherwise, I won't. But speaking of talking, we are also going to be in the IRC chat, Hash Lave Radio, which is on QuakeNet. And you can access that through the Lave Radio page. You can also tweet us on at Lave Radio with any questions, and we'll try to answer them towards the end of the show. So, Grant, tell us a wee bit about what you've been doing this week. Well, um, tons of stuff. First of all, I had to try and work out, because last week, obviously, we had a, a little message saying, guys, when you're twitching, you've got to make sure that if you're not doing gameplay, that you've got to have it's a talk show or something in order to not upset the tags and people think you're playing Elite in the login and actually you're just showing an endless footage of potato insertion. I do not know why that jumped into my mouth there. I have no idea, sorry. But essentially, to, we were trying last week to use the Xbox and uh, to show that footage. Unfortunately, my capture card will not function with Windows 10. 
which is weird. So currently, I've put it back into another machine, so this is what I've been up to all week, and I've done multiple tests to see if it is Windows 10, if it's driver issues and all this kind of stuff. I can't resolve it with Windows 10, so it's currently back in a Windows 7 machine and doing the stream for us tonight. So it's working fine there. Happy as Larry, if you want to spend the next sort of hour and a half watching the Searching for Match logo, um, join us on the twitch.tv forward slash live radio. Uh, other than that, still working on Hutton Orbital Radio, putting in more content, trying to get some more DJ boxes installed, and that's basically just different people and their choice of music, and then giving them a wee hour show once they've got enough audio in their box to randomise and fill a wee hour. Uh, so that's been going on, that plus content and adverts and jingles and news reports for Galnet. Uh, also, we kicked off the edit to Dockers, Season 2, Episode 1. The yesterday, I managed to get Scene 3 complete. We're missing some audio for the rest of it, but Scene 3 is... is awful. <laughs> it's wonderfully awful. I love it. Absolutely love it. It's come together beautifully. And uh, yeah, that on top of I have no care of this week, so it's it's all it's nurse Grant. I've got my nurse uniform on for the wife, and uh, there's nothing kinky in that. I promise you. I have to admit, I was actually listening to Hudson Orbital Radio earlier while I was working today, and I think you had a sting saying something like where pop music goes to die, and then it went straight into a song by Spice Girls. Yeah, I think that was the tagline, wasn't it? It was, if you're wondering where all that bad music has gone, they sent it It's come here, here. yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's our that, stinkers. That... All throughout the show, every hour, it'll play one absolute stinker. Ah, uh, that's okay then. So it's just one one stinker an hour. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because I, I heard... I was, I was like, I can't actually say the first name of the song. It was, it was a male rooster. It was a rooster envy or something like that. I believe was the name of the song that was first on my list. <laughs> yeah, well, you see, this is what happens if you agree to be a DJ, but you don't put any music in your box. My brother seems <laughs> to want. No, no, I don't. I don't. He filters. You know, he basically searches the song lists by by keywords and dumps all them. And so uh, James came on board when he came to look in his uh, audio. His uh, it was just full of songs referencing the word James. So he removed all of those, but didn't put any more in. So we then searched different body parts and filled it with songs relating to that. <clears throat> and it's quite funny. It it did make me chuckle, even though I was like, okay, I'm glad that I'm not at work in the office today with this coming up live on my screen. Uh, anyway, Colin, after Grant's penis envy... Oh, I can't... Uh -uh, what, are, what have you been up to? <laughs> Talk about flooring me. I mean, how the heck am I supposed to follow on about penis envy, for goodness sake? Anyway, uh, moving swiftly on. Uh, this week I've been mostly uh, working on my fiction project and also designing new cards for the miniatures game. Uh, we've now got uh, three or four um, ships that are ready to go. So it should be a case of getting the models done, getting some pilots done, and uh, the new manoeuvre cards, which will be needed for this game. So um, I've got quite a lot of work to go and uh, waiting for the models to arrive. And, and Mr. Stroud, you, you had a busy week? Yeah. Um, 
trying to think what um what we've been up to uh death of gods for for chaos reborn i'm doing the, the sort of heavy lifting writing at the moment in that um i need the draft finished i need it I need it finished stat because um teaching starts again in time so got that many weeks left to you know sort of plow on with with bits and pieces of that um a lot of little writing competitions I've, I've submitted stuff to which is is always you know always good fun always a pleasure but uh it's it kind of about stocking up on having some stories in the you know in the bank as it were to to sort of shuffle around to different places uh and prepping up for this year's teaching which is always you know always a lot of work to do because you've got to arrange guests and professionals and uh you know write plans and so on and so forth tomorrow Tomorrow is our first faculty meet back. So, as always, um, you know, everyone sort of gathers in the hall and you find out who's left <laughs> during the summer, who's cleared off to some other uh, university, who's, who's retired, who's, uh, who's disappeared, uh, and all the rest of that. Um, I also I got a, a little bit of playtime, which is nice, um, hence why I'm here, really. I'm, I've kind of put myself under self-imposed exile as to uh, unless i've actually played some elite dangerous there's not really any point in anybody listening to me so so uh, so yeah so i managed to get a little bit of time and last but no by no means least mr jarvis hello how are we doing that's what i'm going to ask you how are you doing oh i see yes i'm doing good um yeah i've been i mean that's probably similar to alan i've been working on uh, a number of chaos projects uh, we have sort of started announcing to people now that we're doing the chaos reborn audience as the sort of thing um and i've also been experimenting with twitch streaming i'm quite new to twitch streaming people will know people who know me know that you know i do audio um i don't really do video but this week i have been playing around with twitch um, and John and I have a new show going live tomorrow night, Chaos Champs, which is a competitive Chaos Reborn uh, tournament. We're trying to inject a sort of esports vibe into the game. Um, and if you want to come along and watch a great match and listen to John and I plumbing the depths of um, sporting commentary cliches, uh, I'm sure we will be doing that. Um, if I don't manage to get into the show the phrase... Oh, and that's a bad miss. I will be very disappointed. Um, and on top of that, I've been, you know, I've been painting miniatures. Um, and I'm genuinely very tired this evening. I'm so tired that before I sat down to do the podcast, I went and got myself a glass of wine. And I was halfway back to the studio before I realised I'd actually poured the wine into like a Coke tumbler rather than a wine glass. But oh, a pizza bottle. <laughs> Yeah, that could be worse. So I might have missed you talking about this earlier, but can you say anything about these chaos audio dramas? Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, we—I've sort of been talking about it, like it's been announced. We haven't actually sent out like an official announcement, but it's okay. I'm still talking about it. Um, yeah, basically, it's official chaos reborn fiction. Um, Julian's sort of, you know, happy discussed with us a license for it, um, and we are currently in the planning stages of both the production itself, i.e. putting scripts together and working out casting requirements, um, and I'm also putting a Kickstarter together for it, um, which isn't being, you know, the Kickstarter's not going to be a, a massively greedy Kickstarter. Um, it's basically we want a budget to hire actors, um, and that's basically what the Kickstarter's going to fund. Um, so, but then, you know, 
Kickstarter being Kickstarter, um, it's a really complicated formula of maths for me to work out <laughs> how much we need versus how much all the various physical rewards are going to cost. Um, and then adding in a little bit of magic to try and predict how many people will back at each tier, which is, it's a very odd magic. Well, I suspect if you maybe produce a song or something like that, Grant might back at that level. <laughs> if I offer to write Grant a song. <laughs> oh, no, now you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's what I've been doing. Um, so the the Chaos Reborn audio dramas, um, we're still working a little bit on format, uh, but depending on how far we get with the Kickstarter, i.e., how far it gets back to, we're currently planning four one-hour dramas. So it's a very different format to something like Escape Velocity. Um, they're going to be sort of four, I suppose, individual adventures. Um, we haven't yet decided whether they're four linked adventures with the same characters or whether they are four standalone adventures that is still undecided i'm seeing i'm seeing what issues not what issues but i'm seeing what kind of themes come out of the scripts before i decide whether that that sort of format is suitable so you're writing the scripts as well are you then jarvis uh yeah i'm at the moment yeah uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's just easier that way well i see alan's alan's writing a lot of other fiction at the moment <laughs> as well um, and I think if I did quite like the idea of getting some other people to write scripts, but I think at this stage in the project, I would still have to be quite heavy as a script editor. So it's kind of making sense to me at the moment because I'm trying to work out casting requirements and some of the practicalities at the moment. It makes sense for me to have control of the scripts because then I know what I'm planning for. If, if you see what I mean. That makes sense. Yeah, and and there's, there's, Alan? I was, I was going to say there's, there's no, no point in me writing everything because i'll be exhausted <laughs> but you've got me you got me in the background to basically tell you when stuff fits and when it doesn't fit yeah. uh which is you know uh obviously I'll, I'll i'll look through anything chris sends me over and make sure that uh, that it fits with with the other writing that's uh, that's being done um yeah no i mean i'm you know my sort of situation is that i'm 114k into 130 to 140k a story so you know i i kind of I've done, I've done some small bits of writing to, to sort of help with the setup for Chris's stuff, but uh, at this stage, it's uh, it's very much you know stuff that he can he can put together, and he's more more than capable of doing it. So it's you know it'll be great, it'll be really really good. Yeah, it sounds really exciting, and I know I made my way through the oh the Tales of the Frontier audiobooks whilst I was on holiday the past couple of weeks, oh, and I loved them. Um, <laughs> I, Thank you. Uh, I have to. Admit, I got especially excited when I heard the name of. Oh, Darren Gray's chief protagonist, in the, who is the, the the pilot of the Silver Comet, because oh, yeah. in the audio drama it sounds like the pilot's name is Ada Vice, and I'm like, nah, it can't be that. And I went back and re-listened to it and re-listened to it, and then today uh, Carl actually gutted me by saying that no, the name's actually nothing at all like mine. It just sounded a bit like it. <laughs> uh, I, I was I was a bit gutted. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I really, I really enjoyed the the tales from the frontier books. They were awesome. They were oh, awesome. Good. Excellent. Well, if it makes right. you feel better, Ben, I'll put you in a character in my next fiction thing, and then kill you off in two. <laughs> You're going to kill me, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Colin. Just <laughs> like the the USS Sean Bean, probably the the ship that yeah. will die the most. Well, it's, it's already it's already fine. He's he's in a way team as an android who uh, <laughs> who doesn't shut up. So you know that that kind of kind of works, doesn't it? 
People like it, though. My brother was dead chuffed because he met um, Sean Hudson, the author, and the, 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 Sean Hudson said, oh, do you mind if I use your name? He says, I'll probably kill you. You'll probably be a victim. And then my, my brother went out and bought uh, Sean Hudson's next book, and there he was. He's a character that's in it for, like, three or four pages, and then he gets brutally murdered. So, uh, good work. Sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got killed. Actually, I watched something with Sean Bean in it quite recently. Pixels, that's what it was. I watched Pixels with my son yeah, the other day. And Sean Bean survived. Now you know it's a bad movie. Yes, because if Sean Bean lives through it, it must be terrible. <laughs> I, have, I actually really enjoyed Pixels, and it has not a bad soundtrack either. Really? Yeah, good 80s, soundtr- 80s music soundtrack. I'm, uh, I'm afraid, Ben, that might say something about you, not about the it film. It quite possibly <laughs> does, and if it does, then I have no issues with that. Okay. <laughs> yes. But anyway, I think we should move probably quickly into an advert break, and then we'll... After that, we'll hit the elephant in the room with the recent patch notes that came live about four hours ago. Hi, I'm Trent Stephen Findlist Jr., and I'm here to tell all you pilots about a great new service. Take a listen to my friend, Pete. My name is Pete, and I'm a long-distance haulier. I drive a Puma shipping farm machinery from Leasty to Sueo. I love my family, and I don't mind being a hard-working blue-collar dad, but I'm tired of seeing my family grow old in front of my eyes. Every time I make the run there and back, I lose 15 days in hyperspace. My family is starting to notice that they're getting older and I'm not. My wife had a baby last week, I did a week of shifts and now my kids got teeth. I wish there was some way my family could get old at the same speed as me. There is, Pete. How? By buying into my new service, Findlist Cryogenics. We aim to put the freeze on the premature ageing of your family. The process is simple. Our unique family centres allow you to drop off your loved ones on the way to work. Simply hire the number of cryogenic pods you need and keep your family asleep while you fly among the stars. We ensure synchronicity with your flight patterns so they spend the same time awake that you spend in the cockpit. And when you get home, bingo! Your family is the same age as you. Never lose family time in hyperspace again. We guarantee that you'll never miss another birthday, anniversary or funeral. Wow, Trent! That sounds great. Where do I sign? Simply put your credit card details into our special webpage under the hashtag WeFreezeYourLove. We'll take care of the amounts. No need to worry about that. It's so simple. I can't wait to keep my family in a secure block of ice. It's a weight off my mind. Findalist Cryogenics. Now at your local spaceport. Findalist Cryogenics. Because the family that grows old together goes cold together. And after successfully managing to kill Grant in CQC, we're back in the room with the elephant and a great big massive pile of patch notes. And Colin's just talking to me. Um, so, who's actually read the patch notes, and has anyone got anything that's actually jumping out at them? Well, there's there's one thing that jumped out at me, which was regarding the power plants. And that now when you attack your anacondas and you take that power plant out, getting it down to zero is going to be slightly trickier. And it's not automatically going to mean that the ship explodes. It may just be that the module malfunction and the ship can carry on. So they've added in, I think, a a random chance rather than every time, boom, you've done it. Uh, So it's certainly going to make taking on those anacondas a little bit more pant-wettingly uh, scary. I think so, but then again, you know, without a power plant, you're still going to be pretty darn dead in space. You know, what does anyone else... Does anyone else think 
that going for that is still going to be the best idea? Well, it's the same for the life support and things like that. They all have that same effect, but it just means... Yeah, but life support's got five, ten minutes, maybe, of, of life support left. Yeah, but Whereas, the, the, the key thing was, when you were attacking anacondas, you were skipping sometimes up to 40% of hull damage and getting true. a kill, rather than, you know, the time taken. So that time you could reboot, get control, uh, backup could come in. So it's just, and as a player... That's one of those things that just frustrates you that, you know, well, hold on a minute, I had six, you know, 50% hull left and that swine takes up my power plant and now I'm dead. This isn't fair. So I think it's yeah. definitely a, a tweak that we'll have to see how it bears out and um, uh, how the, you know, the game adapts and how combat changes. Yeah, speaking well, of the anaconda and the power plant, I also noticed that its power plant has actually gotten smaller. Like, it's the same power plant, obviously, but I guess its hitbox has decreased or something. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I mean, I'm hoping that they've still made the power plant un uh, as vulnerable in the Vulture, because if there's one ship that needs a weakness, it's the Vulture. Okay. Um, I didn't notice the, that the Vulture had a particularly invulnerable power plant, but all right. Uh, no, what I was saying, well... Actually, that's that's the one weak spot I've always found with the Vulture. Mm. Is that well, it's a weak spot you, for everything, really. Yeah, but um, you seem to be able to hit that per plant a lot easier than most ships uh, when you when you target it. And I'm hoping to keep that because the the Vulture itself I find is so powerful and everything else. I think it needs an Achilles heel. I think that seems that seems reasonable to me. Um, I can't remember where the hitbox is from the Vulture for the power plant, but it certainly seems. That is, if it's accessible, because it is a very, it's a beautiful ship. I love the Vulture. I really do. It's a nugly flying brick. What are you on about? It's a lovely thing. <laughs> it's, it, it flies like a dream. Well, it might fly like a dream. Looks like, so it looks like a brick on the outside. Yeah, yeah it's got your typical uh, federal aesthetics, but yeah, it, it's a ship that you know means business. <laughs> Did you see aesthetics? He did. I think that's a special character from Asterix the Gaul, but I'm not quite so sure. <laughs> oh, ask something, ask something or others. Yeah, you're right. No, you're, you're close enough as aesthetics, but you're fine. I wasn't really yeah, wanting to take this Yeah, whatever the hell. I don't mind. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the one thing um, with regards to, obviously, the first thing we did was download the beta when it went live earlier on, and, and everybody jumped on to CQC, and... I have to confess that, you know, my first, and I think your first 20 minutes was spent watching the Searching for a Match stream. It was, yes. And my heart sank and I thought, oh no, 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 they've brought all the problems from the Xbox version over, we're not going to get matches, people are going to get bored and stop playing and it's just really glad to report back that since then I've been able to get in and get matches quite regularly now and... It's amazing fun in the PC version. However, uh, at the risk of jumping the gun, have you been doing that in a group or no. have you been soloing it? I am in, currently in a match with um, Commander Dave of Seaworth. I think Bubbles in here, who's obviously one um, who streams in a lot with uh, Mad Dog, and I've, I can mm. play quite a few different people, um, which has been. But you, fun. you've not been doing it as part of a, like a partial squad, which is what you and I did first of all, isn't it? Yes, we tried to create a squad, but no. I've not yeah. managed to get any success during a sort of getting a group together beforehand. Uh, so I think possibly that having 
that kind of uh, circumstance where you've got maybe, you know, you're trying to find gaps for two players in a room as opposed to finding gaps for one player is going to be a little bit easier. And I think that, you know, oh, boom, there I go again. Uh, <laughs> I think that, you know, it's going to be difficult to find a game room with gaps for two or three players. I think if you want to have your own little group play, then the best way is to get yourself a group of eight or six or eight people and squad up and then start the game and it should, fingers crossed, dump you all in together straight away without having to go through the matchmaking, uh, I would hope. And I think I think we'll probably try and get that done because that's certainly going to be a very good way and easy way of doing your own kind of tournaments and that kind of competition play. Because you can then pick the eight people that go in together and then you can, you know, play un- unhindered for as long as your tournament's lasting. That's, just, that's what I hope. Hopefully that'll work, but, we'll, you know, it's one of these things, this is all early days and we'll have to f- suck it and see, I guess, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right, I'll go into the main, the main features. So, obviously, CQC has been added. The Imperial Eagle, which is the ship that they previewed at LaveCon, has been added. The Federal Gunship, which was also mentioned The Federal Assault Ship was also mentioned at LaveCon. Um, we've also... The resource extraction sites have got another level, so now we also have hazardous resource extraction sites. They've got compromised nav beacons, which I have to... I don't know anything about these, if anyone else does. No, that's a new one on me. It is. Yeah. So we've got compromised nav... That's interesting, because the nav beacon's obviously the point that you jump into the system mm-hmm. to. So I wonder if a compromised nav beacon is one that's been hacked and moved somewhere else in the system. Maybe. <laughs> they move the nav beacon to the heart of the sun. Yeah. Or move it to, like, <laughs> outside a pirate base that's got... Like, that's an orbital. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we've also got legal salvage missions, which should be interesting to find out about them. Yeah, so that's I'm looking forward to them. Yeah, and I'm hoping it's not just legal salvage missions. I'm hoping that there will be the option to just find random legal salvage. Because, you know, the, the logic is not everything that you pick up in deep space should be automatically tagged as illegal. Yes, I agree there. So if you pick up a whole load of salvage from an area where there's clearly loads of destroyed ship carcasses floating around, yeah, clearly that's looting, right? And that should be illegal. But if you're just... Well, salvage, in my opinion, has never been an... It's not an illegal act, is it? As long yeah. as you didn't cause that in the first place. No, as long is... as you didn't cause it. No, no, it is an illegal act. Every... In the game previously... Every... No, but what about in, in reality? If you... Oh. If I go and find a bunch of stuff in the middle of the ocean, am I... Breaking the law to take it. It's grey area. Uh, I can say this as someone who was diving for many years. Mm-hmm. If, you recru- if you retrieve something from the ocean, you are meant to re- report it to the receiver of wreck because it still has an owner. Right. You're not meant to just claim it. No. But I would also say someone who's been diving, you really shouldn't bring anything up with you. You should kind of leave it where it is. But that's just... That's just my that's just my conservation yeah. view. Um, unless it's like bars of gold, in which case, you know, knock yourself out. <laughs> yes. But you know, people people go down onto onto wrecks and stuff and they bring up portholes and they bring up, you know, bits of anchor and things that they've found and you shouldn't, you should just leave it there. It's nice where it is. <laughs> it's my view. 
I just want to give a quick shout out to Commander Terence Klophammer, who has just joined me in Lave and says that he's not sure that we're in the live instance. But yes, we are live in the instance, and you are now live on Lave Radio. Congratulations. Because <laughs> he doesn't believe me, or something. I don't know. Anyway, the next thing in the list was that the Xbox One control method has been added to the PC. So oh, that's, that's, got, something... that's, that's, that's quite nice, that. We've round. We want the PC controls yeah. added to the Xbox. Yes. Yeah, it would be so nice if you could get the hot asses on the Xbox. Oh, I tell you what, I mean, I've, I've enjoyed playing the one game of CQC that I've managed on the Xbox One with the controller. You do, you get into it, it does take a bit of time, you start to get those kind of fancy movements, but the minute you get in with the hot ass on, oh, it's just, oh, it's just awesome. It's just like, you know, you can pull your fancy movements around an asteroid shortly before you crash into them, but you can do it. I've got the pedals going, combat pedals, I've got my, my uh, lateral thrust going, flight assist on and off, and spinning that ship on a dime, and oh, it's just, oh, so good. So, sorry, Grant, I'm, I'm watching your stream. This flying you're doing, is this with a control pedal with a joystick? Shut up, you're spoiling the illusion. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just asking. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, I've seen a certain amount of steering that really no joystick should be responsible for. <laughs> <laughs> I have had a bit of my fair share of uh, flying straight into very large and obvious objects, but... Um, I tell you, <laughs> No change from the Xbox version, then. <laughs> no, i just got less of an excuse. Um, and this guy, I mean, it's the thing you're, you're finding is that these little ships, these condors, are really great fun for flying around each other. And you've got chaff, which is great because it breaks that lock of the weapons, which really pees off the people that are currently trying to shoot you. And then somebody comes in behind, and while you're trying to get strafing on that person, boom, your shields disappear and your arse falls out. <laughs> Something of which I'm sure you used to very frequently. He went head inside the cheating you bugger. <laughs> inside of you? No. Oh no, I'm getting battered. Well, I am thoroughly jealous. I have CQC downloading on my PC. It says it's going to take another two hours. Mostly because I'm on CQC on the Xbox. And for the last hour and three minutes, I have been looking at this. Searching for match. Searching for match. Searching for match. So I think I'm going to bin that off in about a quarter of an hour. <sighs> yeah, I'm, I'm having the the exact same experience on the Xbox. It is just not doing anything at all. Uh, now, I saw somebody in the Twitch chat was talking about the fact that it's some kind of NAT issue with the Xbox. Some but kind of what? Some, uh, you know, uh, NAT. Network address translation. Yeah, issues. So apparently it's something along those lines that might be causing it. I don't know. I've not seen any official words. So no, that's, that's, that's one of the issues that I think we've... I think most of the Xbox players that I talk to about this, they go, <laughs> good luck with that. They're not even trying it now, I don't think. No, yeah. not on the... I was having a quick chat with people on the Xbox um, Facebook group, because there's a, a special Elite Dangerous Xbox group. And um, most of them... They say, oh, well, to tell you the truth, we're not coming anywhere near CQC. We're quite happy with the main game. Fair enough. Well, yeah, I mean, I suppose from our, not necessarily our point of view is that's the version that we want them to play, but to me, that's the version that seems like elite. So if people are going in and playing that, then great. 
Oh, I agree. Anyway, moving on to the next item in the patch notes, uh, we've got at new outfitting in CQC. Now, I've not had a chance to experience this because I only had time for a couple of matches before we went live. I'm guessing you guys are in the same boat, or has anybody actually tried the outfitting? I've looked at it. I have. Um? Essentially, it is like if you the more levels you go up, whereas on the Xbox version, you have to level up to get the next ship and the next loadout. Um, on the PC version, you're able to custom build your loadout. So, for example, you've got different weapons available for your little Condor, which is, you know, great fun, because that's a really good... Um, way to kind of get the ship that you're really enjoying flying and things like you currently you've got the default the pulse laser and the chaff uh, well you could change the chaff once you reach certain levels to heat sinks or to um, stealth modes um, which again you know you, you, the heat sinks is really only relevant I've flown the little eagle uh, in CQC and the difference with that is it's got beam lasers so the more you fire laser the hotter the ship gets so it's got a heat sink it doesn't have chaff so you then drop a heat sink and you can keep firing. Uh, otherwise, you overheat and you blow up. Or and then they're firing chaff at you and you can't get a lock. It's like it's very rock paper scissors. But being able to sort of do a custom loadout gives you the ability to fly to your own style, which would be great fun. But that's all still rank based, isn't it? So you can yes. you're only got. Um so basically, people with a higher rank will always have a, a slight advantage. What I was wondering was whether or not they have what's known as banded matches, so that only people of a certain level can join. And if, you tr if you're a higher level, do they actually sort of only allow you the equipment that's available for that match? So if you're level 50, you, draw, you join a level 30 match, that means you've only got access to level 30 equipment. So you're kind, of, you're kind of going for the likes of where you've got uh, other first-person shooter games. They've got, you know, uh, pistol-only rounds and they can yeah, that kind and, of thing. And, and band the more experienced gamers in with each other so that there's no kind of, uh, yeah, unfair advantage. And you try and keep... I mean, I, I don't see any customised controls. It might be something that might come later, but at the moment there doesn't seem to be any sort of level customization. Um, oh, right. But again, it is only beta, so I think it's one of these things that if people want to see that kind of thing, they need to get reporting back and suggesting the feedback. Okay, I'm doing a Star Wars run no. through the trench. We do have a busload of other patch notes, and I'm not going to read them all. They were the highlights. Uh, but does anybody have anything else that they want to draw attention to? Well, there was one thing that I wanted to check for, so I logged into the main mm -hmm. open game, because obviously we were told in 1.4 that certain skins would be available. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. The, so is that I, on a Cobra? Well, yes. Unfortunately, I don't think it's their in-game yet, because mm. uh, although I was in the Anaconda, we did have the decals. So there was, of course, the Leave Radio decal, and I was hoping it would be there, but I imagine that they will come with the full release rather than being in the beta Probably, but I can't yes. say that for sure because I wasn't an anaconda and not a cobra yeah I I'm not an cobra either I will say one thing under the stabil uh, stability fixes um, there is an awful lot of Xbox One things that are in there now obviously this patch must be going through the, the Microsoft certification process at the moment So, but we don't know whether or not, well, when it's going to drop on, on the Xbox One. 
No, of course not. I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be dropping at some point quite soon, but... I mean, I, I was quite surprised that they actually did manage to coincide the PC and Mac release. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a positive, and I think you know no, we could brilliant. be brilliant. And uh, I think the you, those universes are mixed, aren't they? So you could be fighting a Mac yes. player in CQC. That's awesome. Yep, well, that's awesome. I know that the Xbox players are hoping, or were hoping, that there would be some kind of patch update at this point when we released the PC version that would maybe tackle some of the issues that they've been having. But I've not seen anything as yet. Colin, have you seen anything, any updates sneaking no, through? No, not not a thing yet. I'm so, just going to jump out back to the main menu and see if there is anything. I think I'll do the, I think I'll do the same, actually. I'm sick and tired of seeing this waiting for matches. Yes, it's, it's very frustrating to sit and watch that. I think, I think the other main bulk of changes is that the cannons have been modified slightly so that it sounds like they're still incredibly penetrating, but maybe they, they can't shoot all the way through your ships or something like that, I think, is the is the gist of it. Um, I'll just try and dig up that. Um, here it is here. So, it's saying, if no standard penetration depth is set for a ship, then use 75% of its size in the smallest axes, as opposed to 100 metre. Uh, as no ships actually have this value set, this will stop shots going all the way through to hit modules at the back of the ship. So... I guess that's a good thing. It means you can no longer shoot a ship's engines out if you're shooting them from the front or something like that. Yeah, that, that's, just, that's sense. essentially what it, what it means. It also means that you're not going to be able to line up uh, four eagles in a row and take them out with one shot. Aye. <laughs> uh, the other thing which was a bug that I've, no, I've had in the past was that my turrets on various ships that I've had have sometimes decided, oh, I'm going to start shooting even though I'm docked, and they've gotten rid of that bug eventually. Um, I think they're the only bugs that I've noticed. Have Alan and Jarvis, have you guys seen anything that you thought, oh, that sounds really good and exciting? No, I'm afraid not. <laughs> it seems to me that there's, I mean, obviously I've not been able to play the new version yet because it's still downloading. Um, there does seem to be quite a lot of attention played, uh, paid to um, pirate lifestyles. If you have a bit of a skim, skim down the list of changes, uh, there's lots of things in there to accommodate pirate styles of gameplay, pirate NPCs. Um, so they've obviously, you know, since the last release, been taking a good look at the implications of the pirate lifestyle and, you know, determining what they can do. For example, there's one in there that says um, allow pirates to dock at non-anarchy stations um, if their hull is below 5%. Because obviously, if your hull's below five percent, you can't interdict anyone. So you can't you can't do anything <laughs> until you go and get repaired. So they've obviously decided to make uh, a sort of mercy landing for the um, for the pirates. I didn't and hopefully, it's suitably could. heavily fine. Well, yeah, it's interesting. I don't. I, I, I suppose, in practical terms, I don't understand why the pirates can't just go and dock at an anarchy station. Um, but then I suppose there's no honour among thieves, so they might not make it. Colin, what were you saying? Sorry. Um, actually, it doesn't matter. Pass on. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, that actually leads us nicely into something that Michael Brooks said, not in the most recent um, notes, but in the one before, which was that in 1.4 they're going to be supporting better stories. And he says that one example of this is that there are new things for explorers to find while they're, whilst they're out in deep space. They won't pop up in the navigation menu until you're close enough. 
And this to me is screaming hidden pirate bases. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's it, those kind of those kind of things people have been asking for for quite a while. Oh, I. But you know, it um, it would be nice if they, if you're exploring somewhere like Lave or or Shinatra, then you suddenly come across a little pirate base which has been hidden and it's not on the map, so only you really know it's there. But then again, it's never saved on the map, so you've got to actually remember it. I'd hope that once I've been able to discover this pirate base, it's always on my map. So let's say I'm going out and exploring a, um, say a, a resource extraction site, and 20 miles out of the resource extraction site, I find a rock that's also a hidden base. Once I've got that locked down and I've my ship's calculated it and it knows its trajectory and it knows its orbit and all that stuff, then my ship should remember that, even if I don't share that nav data with the authorities. But maybe I could... Oh, maybe... Oh, I like that idea. Maybe I could share that data with the authorities and then the, the pirate base could then possibly get raided. Sorry, I, I'm getting speculation here again, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speculation-itis. We'll, but we like that. I mean, are there any other hidden things that you guys would like to, to see and to find? Well, obviously, we're hoping for more information, more unknown artifacts. Maybe some... Basically, well, if it's out there, and it's well beyond where human space is, then obviously it's going to get a spike a whole lot of interest. And nobody's... Has, has the unknown artifact thing been solved yet? Not no. that I'm aware of. No, no, it's still a bit of a mystery. But they've been mm. hinting that there's some information, or there's... Uh, it, well, I think they said it's going to get more complicated soon, rather than it's going to be solved soon, but there's apparently some uh, some news on that to come, or some in-game events to come. In fact, I think, if I remember rightly, they kind of suggested that people had already done enough to kind of trigger something, but again, they're just being teasers. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the things I'm not seeing in the in the update, um, Michael's obviously been talking for a while about improvements to the mission system, um, which, from my point of view, because of the way I play Elite, which is largely in solo, um, and you know not um, particularly sort of combat based, um, changes to the mission structure was something that I was really looking forward to. And unless they've just not put it in these patch notes, I'm assuming that the missions are business as usual in terms of the latest beta. Oh, I don't I think I've not had a chance to look. Yeah, because um, obviously Michael's been talking about that for a while, um, and I think for someone that plays the game the way I do, that's that's the update I'm sort of most looking forward to: is more complex, branching, uh, involved missions. No, yeah, I think, like, I think you're, sorry, you're, you're spot on there, Chris. I think it's something that it can really flavour your game when you jump on. At the moment, you do missions when you're kind of looking for a wee quick change or you're looking for missions just to sort of supplement your earnings in one jump because they're only yeah. ever one jump. But yeah, it's going to be good if you can get yourself into a mission and, and you know, you've been <clears> maybe doing one mission chain and you're maybe on the sixth or seventh chain and it's taken you a week. That's, yeah. you know, oh... Yeah, a proper quest, a proper quest. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, the other reason, of course, for doing the missions is if you want to change your standing with a faction, 
you know, missions are by far the quickest way of doing that, as far as I can tell. Um, so, yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's where I tend to go and um, grind the missions, is when I'm trying to do lots of missions for one particular employer, so that I can kind of get up in their estimation. One thing I have noticed, and people will correct me if I'm wrong, um, as far as missions are concerned, we seem to have most of the, you know, the types that you got in the old Wing Commander games, except one. There's no escort missions. There's no, I need a Thank pilot. Thank Christ for that. Sorry. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, escort missions are the bane of my life. And always yeah, have been. I think that is one of the things that are missing. You, 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 I don't think you're missing one of the things where you sort of, you, somebody contacts you, can you escort us to, I don't know, this anarchy system? And I, I must admit, I do miss those kind of missions. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm joking in entirety because actually, if there's anything that Elite should have, it's escort missions. Because um, you know, we've talked a few times about how open play is kind of plaguing traders mm. because traders have no means of dealing with pirates. Essentially, if you if you're in a trading ship and you get caught by pirates, there, there is no game for you. You just hand over what you're carrying and or die. Um, so the idea of hiring a bodyguard to fly with you in a wing and protect you all the way to your um, destination is, of course, entirely valid. And that's something that I think should be reflected both as the trader player. You should be able to hire NPC wingmen who can shadow you on your journey. But actually, as a you know, as a pilot looking for missions, there should be traders on the mission board saying, I'm going to be shipping, you know, 200 tonnes of palladium, palladium or whatever yeah. to Hutton Orbital. Can you come with me? <laughs> and if you do, I'll give you 50p. And you should be able, you know, you should be able to take those missions on. And um, it would just be interesting to see how, how well Elite handles the... Um, escort missions, because the thing that was always frustrating with escort missions, the reason I say they were the bane in my, of my life, is because in previous games the attackers have not responded particularly intelligently to the presence of an armed escort. So what you found yourself in some games the, you know, the, the pilot you were meant to be protecting just seemed to be suicidal and just throw themselves at the enemy or rocks. Um, in the games that did it well you would have to be careful to target the ship that was nearest the person you were meant to be protecting, and your job was to kind of swat enemies away, not get drawn into following them off for a dogfight. So there's, there's good ways and bad ways of doing um, escort missions, uh, in mm. my view. I don't, I don't know if you feel the same way, Colin. Well, yeah, I mean, the main reason I bring this up is because uh, although I did like Freelancer, the one problem that I had with Freelancers was they've got the same kind of mission board, but all there was were strike missions. There weren't any variety. Now, Elite's got a little bit more than that. It's got smuggling missions. It's got uh, salvaging missions. But the one thing that I did miss from that game, they had one escort mission to, at the very beginning, which really got you into it, and then nothing. And I do feel that, you know... That kind of ability to um, uh, to hire wingmen or or, or fly uh, and escort other traders is a key part, and I, th I think it's one of the things they really need to look at. Yeah, a gaming friend of mine uh, once compared parenting to basically being an eighteen-year escort mission. I think they're probably <laughs> probably not wrong. I think that's eighteen-year. Don't you mean thirty-year? Possibly forty. 
Nah, 18, she's on her own. You're just depressed mm. all the new parents out there in one fell swoop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it's an intelligent NPC that I'm um, <laughs> escorting. To add to the the idea of I mean the the different missions that we might I mean we're we're a little bit getting into, you know, wish fulfillment here and, and I, I I think it, at this stage, you know, it, it's it's difficult that anything more can come based on on the infrastructure that's there. Only the only the devs know whether you know the infrastructure's in place to add um, different types of mission and and you know and how those those pathways would then work if uh, there were consecutive missions built on others. I'm sure that you know I'm sure they're very, very aware of these kind of the way in which these things kind of work. But of course, you know that takes an awful lot of of, of time to put those things together. But certainly in in um, in X-Wing, you had photography missions, and actually, you know, those some of those missions were the hairiest missions you could do because you were being sent out in a very fast ship to go and uh, scoot around a battlefield where you were totally outgunned and get some some uh, and get back, uh, which you know, I think missing itself. But Elite has also got this whole. You know, plethora of um, of exploration and and discovery information, which I guess is kind of rewarded. You know, well, it is rewarded by you know by bringing that data and that information back. But at the same time, you could, you know, you could sort of bring that kind of thing into what's there. And certainly, that was in Frontier First Encounters. There were a couple of uh, for photography um, uh, mission objectives. Uh, in the latter end of Frontier First Encounters. So, you know, maybe something like that might help. I mean, obviously, passenger missions we're still missing. And, of course, we still have a ship that's completely irrelevant without them. Um, and, you know, and there, there is a plan to have more passenger ships, and we still don't have anything, and there's not really any sign of, of anything related to that, is there? I've not no. seen anything, unfortunately, no. The only thing I can think of that is it'll be in 1.5, which is supposed to be ships. And when, from what they've said about it so far, it says every other missing ship will be in there. And if that's the case, then there's also, that will mean the dolphin will be in there. So they've got to put in something for the, for the poor old passenger haulers. Sod the dolphin. What about the panther clipper? You want to turn a panther clipper into a liner? I want to see the Panther Clipper in game. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I mean that, that that aside. I mean, there's obviously there's all fave ships that we all have, you know, that, that you're perhaps either wanting to see or already enjoying. But yeah, you know, essentially the the entire design dis- um, design discussion on passengers and on cabins and on the different levels and qualities of cabins, particularly with um, with Chris's advert that satirizes it. You know, we have that as almost a reminder of exactly how the passenger system is supposed to work. And, you know, at the moment, uh, <laughs> unless they're in chains, they're not passengers. Um, or, or, you know, I, I guess the, the smallest sort of courier missions, which you could almost describe as as passengers, where it's, it's a little bit of data. But, yeah, it, you know, it, it's not there, is it? None of it's there. And, and that kind of thing was something that, that really did suggest a different type of gameplay. 
And I guess that's kind of what you, you want missions to do, adding from, you know, from what we already have. You want them to encourage divergent methods of gameplay um, where, you know, probably some individuals have already tried and tested the, the current methods of gameplay and the way in which they're, they're implemented. Now, I mean, I know certainly from earlier versions of Elite and things like that, I always really enjoyed the the passenger missions and the oh, just the, the t- taking photos of things and then maybe doing the bombing runs. I love that kind of thing, and it's you know hopefully we'll get that when Horizons comes out, maybe. Um, but the other thing that I really want is what I would call a proper assassination mission i.e. meet Jolly Roger, whatever, round the back of Lave and kill him, because that's where he's going to be. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry, I can't let that one go. You're talking about a Jolly Roger round the back of Lave Station. <laughs> Can you just, 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 just put the brakes on and have a think about that? Yeah, can we not have a think about that and move swiftly on? It's probably much better, isn't it? I'm just leaving you to spin in the wind on that one, to be honest. It's probably self-deserved. I was trying to think of a pirate's name and I failed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I can't can't even go to an advert break to recover from that because Grant's gone to pick up his boys. (laughs) Sorry, I just, you know, a lot of people would have been thinking it. I just... oh, they, they probably were, you just had to voice it. That's, not, <laughs> that's my job. Right. I've Jarvis, have you seen anything in the patch notes that you're actually looking forward to and excited about, or is it all kind of... No, 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 I mean, you know, I said about the, 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 the legal salvage stuff is, you know, I think is really interesting. I mean, I think the range of anything that can increase the range of types of career that you can take on to make money in um in elite is great and i'd I'd like to see salvager being a, a you know a valid kind of career type um there's plenty of you know genuinely real speculative fiction um that there will be an awful lot of money to be made you know one day in in traveling around picking up space junk um and i think I, you know i would like to feel that this is a move towards that uh, the ability to actually be able to kind of haul in stray cargo without being tagged as a criminal, because I don't think it's, um, I don't think that's a valid response to players picking up stray cargo. Uh, I would agree with you in all you're doing. You know, you're basically you're cleaning up the litter. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, um, give, give us an orange sidewinder, and we're good to go. Yeah. In fact, weirdly, one of the well, uh, uh, one of the first games I ever remember playing was a game on the spectrum called Schizoids. Um, which was like asteroids, but instead of shooting rocks and debris, your ship had a kind of scoop on the front, and in the middle of the screen was a black hole, and you had to kind of fly around the screen and carefully push the rubbish into the black hole. Great. Yeah, I would I would say as well that you know salvage is a little bit more. You know, the the opportunities relating to salvage are a little bit more diverse than rubbish collection because. If you, if some of those elements are related to distress signals um, and are related to, you know, 
not just the ships that we know of that are um you know are out there doing this that and the other and uh, you know perhaps uh, uh, broken up uh, you could take it to the emergent player gameplay where you have refueling stops you know where the, the fuel routes are working the way in which they're working anything anything really in these patch notes that encourages different and new forms of play i think is something i i want to support i i don't think really there is enough here at this stage for us to be talking in great detail about um, what those intentions are, because I, I, you know, I think I think there's one or two hints, as as you're saying, Chris, about you know the the, the sort of hinting towards salvage and this, that, and the other. I think there's one or two hints, but you know, we really do want to start. Um, hope, well, you know, we're we're kind of hoping that these hints then take us further into into career pathways that diversify the player base um, to having lots of different reasons to. Um, to make their own goals and spend time in, in the game. And actually, that's when you start to get a game that, that people spend an awful lot of time in, when they they aren't necessarily looking at uh, the the method of scoring that you have established for them. What they're actually doing is they're finding their own methods of, of scoring and they're finding their own, um, you know, sort of entity to the way in which they're choosing to play and you know and some of that's already there because you, you're seeing people you know going off and, and achieving based on this and achieving based on that um that are that are certainly not necessarily things that were goals that were implemented by um by frontier you know they're finding those goals for themselves and then frontier are perhaps reacting to them and going yeah this this is good stuff and I, that that's the kind of thing we want to see more of it's tricky, you know, and it's hard work for Frontier because, of course, if players start developing emerging um, sort of career pathways that they hadn't thought of, that's about them then being adaptable and actually having to do more work to accommodate the way in which the players are choosing to play the game. Um, and that's, you know, that, that's horribly hard. But sometimes that can be, be the most rewarding, particularly when you're endorsing player. Um, diversity uh, in terms of what they're choosing to do. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. I think, Alan. But just while you're while you're there, what do you think about the idea of other things for us to find? You know, from a fiction point of view. Well, I, I think there's there's problems here, and this this kind of moves us into you know some of the main discussion that you've got down for tonight. Um, essentially, at the moment. And I'll draw a parallel here. Back in uh, 1992 and 1993, when the, the one of the live role-playing events that I did an awful lot of work for, I, I wasn't I wasn't attending at this point in time. But I've I have all the material that that they produced at this point in time. I you know I started attending the Lorian Trust events um, in 1996. But back in 1992 in 1993 what they did is they got lots of people to attend a festival and then they had certain people who were their crew enact a story out that the players could kind of could you know they could interact with the characters as they were performing the story but the story was always a set script and it was always you know it was an emer- it was a it was a developing storyline that they could be part of but they couldn't actually 
actually influenced much of the outcome. And then gradually they they sort of are. After 1994, they started to incorporate. Yeah, the the players started to take ownership of the way in which that story moved forwards, and that's not about you know. And, and we certainly discussed this on the design decision forum. The idea of the story being uh, single player centric, so you became the hero, as it were, and you didn't become you know just a you know you you were elevated beyond you know what the um, the rest of the universe was doing, and I you know. I've said before, I'm not I'm not necessarily a fan in elevating players, but just going back to that, you know, that that sort of moment where the story was happening and the players could in, you know could could participate in it but couldn't affect it. It's like wallpaper going on all around you, and actually that's the feeling of Elite Dangerous at the moment. Unfortunately, there are places where you can interact and you can have significant um, input into making influence and change and if you bind up with you know with a bunch of mates you can make some considerable differences but the majority of the the standard experience is that all these things are going on around you and i think particularly you know there, there are some that are, are symptomatic of this in that galnet is one of the ones that you know is, is symptomatic of this in that there's lots and lots of words and lots and lots of things being being put out um but they there's like a barrier in terms of them actually having any effect on you know they they're reporting incidents they're reporting things that that you might be interested in relating to you know to NPCs or to this that and the other but there is something of a barrier between your ability to actually connect with those people uh, and so it feels a little bit like wallpaper and until they find a way or more ways to allow players to um, you know to have those those opportune moments rather than the, the build moments the build moments being let's get 20 people let's get 30 people let's uh, try and do lots and lots of stuff that influences that this system so it changes allegiance to this this company this corporation that's that's a build you know that's a that's a that requires you to, to sort of create a community and, and, you know, push that forwards. What we're also, you know, and what I'd be interested in is those single individual moments, those moments where one player has the opportunity uh, to, to be in the right place at the right time that causes a complete lever change, you know, causes a, you know, the ship got blown up at this point. Um, I think the, wasn't the, the, uh, um, Ultima Online had that moment of, um, and they obviously they, they had a real problem with it, where Lord Britain, our Lord British, was killed, you know, and they they then had to retcon, you know, what they were doing because, you know, an NPC was capable of being killed that shouldn't have been able to be killed, and so on. But it is those kind of little moments that that allow that one person to raise their head above everyone else and affect just a change as a, you know. As a one moment, it's those moments that actually make you aspire towards um, becoming renowned, renowned, becoming um, becoming a celebrity within this game universe, and that that's almost it's almost like the American dream in that regard. But it's you know, it's it's sold to you not by the fact that you have done it. It's sold to you that one day there might be a moment where you could be the difference, and and I think they need that i think they need that because then once that's in then uh, and it's hard to manage you know entirely get that it's hard to manage but once it's in 
you then have players aspiring to you know to achieve that moment and that's kind of what you want you know um those those are the kind of narratives and stories you want people to be able to create you know where they they sort of ebb and flow between being a celebrity for 10 minutes and and then going back to you know to way trading in some random system I had something similar to that um, in during the Lou event, which is one of the reasons why I keep on going on about it so much. Um, one of the community goals was that there was a a, a federal uh, far, is it a Farragut Farragut destroyer? You know, one of the big federal ships. Yeah. And yeah. At, well, at one point, um, I think uh, quite a lot of players decided, right, we're sick of um, the federal ship being there because normally what happened all the players would always side with the the federal vessel because the uh because you know it was an easier way to make money but just this once uh, a whole bunch of us got together and went right okay let's see if we can do this and what effectively happened was that uh, everybody else was taken on ships and i suddenly realized that um the actual destroyer itself was vulnerable and having seen crash managed to disable a uh, one of the Imperials by removing the uh, the heat sinks. I did the same thing. And it worked. And for those 10, 15 minutes after that, you just felt the absolute boss. That, that was yeah. you doing your trench run and exactly. managing to hit the target. And I don't know if anybody else managed to do it, but practically at the moment, I don't care. I managed to well, do it. And, and it's it's burnt in my brain. Well, when we were doing when we were doing the alpha alpha scenarios, um, the moment when, as a live radio team, we went into the um, the battle cruiser scenario. You know, I think it was me, Chris, John, Grant, and Foz, and just went in, and then actually uh, flew in as a squadron, and just gutted that scenario. Entirely. I mean, you know, okay, so you're mucking about, and some people are, you know, are, um, some of the player, you know, the, the sort of the sides as to who's on what side and so on and so forth is, is sort of set up or was set up. But the fact that we could go in and coordinate as a team, and um, other players weren't doing that, and it was the f- first time somebody, had, you know, that we we'd done that, you know, it gives you that little moment, doesn't it? And actually, mm. the the game scope has moved moved on from then so that moment is nothing special anymore it is you know it is it is quite nice when you go in with your group and you you know manage to do something but it is those those moments of um those moments of of individual change are the moments that mean the most when chris and i went after the guy who was terrorizing people in the lave system and i just sat using him on comms for ten or twenty minutes, and then completely failed to to interdict him out of um, you know out of uh, super cruise because I didn't know how to use the interdictor. That you know that was that was a highlight because it was a it was a an in, a moment of individuality, and you know you you kind of really what what I think Frontier will struggle to do, and I think I think it is problematic because it is a really hard thing to achieve with um the way in which you know this game works um is to find ways to celebrate those individual things and we get some of it you know you see newsletter elements that do it you can see that they they entirely get it because 
you know, the newsletter will will highlight individuals, will highlight things that people have achieved. Um, but if you could, if you could find more ways to make that game affecting, then that would be interesting. You know, if an explorer is capable of coming back with, you know, uh, this endless pouring of data, we know that they are gaining a rank position for it. We know that they are, you know, um, that they are regarded as more important. Um, you want to see more ways in which that changes the nature of the game they are playing. Does that make sense? Because um, you know that there are missions that are obviously are rank-based and everything else, but, but a little more that kind of changes the nature of the game. You know, so there is more flavor difference towards the, you know, the, those moments of, of effect, those moments of, of, of sort of celebration. I, you know, and, and let's, let's, let's be clear here. I'm basing this on a fairly limited experience. So, so actually, you know, from my point of view, um, my, my knowledge of the, the diversity is only based on how far I've managed to get. And I've, you know, I've done fairly well with trading and, and usually what tends to happen is, or at least as far as I've seen, um, my trading goals, I'm, a, I'm able to trade. Fantastic. The more I, I do well at trading, the more lucrative opportunities are produced for me for trading. Okay, that's fine. But that doesn't actually change the nature of me, my trading. Does that make sense? You know, it's different goods. There's more profit to them. But I'm, I'm still uh, making some of the same journeys. I'm still making the same kind of runs and what have you you want things that are going to lift the play and 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 tr transform the play uh you know in, in a way um you know and I, you know and that's that's not to to then decry you know the people who who perhaps are starting you know you don't want them to to necessarily lose out but you want them to feel that there's something different beyond there not just not just an extra couple of zeros you know on the end of what you're choosing to do does that make sense Yep, complete sense. Right, you know, from a, from what from what Ben was asking, and I know we're we're you know we're sort of looking at this as a discussion. Um, as a as a player coming back to elite, and you know, and I've I'm you know I make no bones of this. I'm I've sort of moved away from it for a, a fair amount of time because I struggle to have an objective, particularly with not you know not having. Uh, a book to write that's based on the game universe that I'm, I'm, you know, wandering around in. But I've sort of come back to it in the last few weeks, and the reason I've come back to it is one, I've got this massive new screen which actually has transformed the experience. You know, being in the loft now is it's a nice dark space, and I'm on a 40-inch screen. And on a 40-inch screen, it's quite cool. You know, it's it's quite you know sort of immersive in in that regard. Um, so that's that's one thing. The the second thing is that I'm starting to try to because i've left it a bit more time there are a few things that aren't um that, that i'm hoping are a little bit more formed than they were the first time and i'm starting to to sort of be being able to to find my own goals so for example at the moment i'm looking at you know what i was doing before as i was trading up like most people are doing trade up get the next ship get the next ship do this do this and you know and you, you're well aware that most people have kind of gone through that they've traded up they've tried the ships out they've decided on this ship being their favorite 
you know, uh, they decided that this is the best combat ship, this is the best this ship, this is what they're doing. And it, it's kind of locked into patterns. And, you know, there's some variance in that, but it is, you know, there's a certain amount of pattern to, to what people choose to, uh, to take out. Um, the majority of people, you know, say, oh, oh, I take my vulture you know, to go and do this, or I take my, my python to go and do this. Now, what I've, I've looked at is um, I've started to look at, because I'm still in the Cobra, and, you know, I've made a little bit of money, but I haven't made enough to, to upgrade from a Cobra. I've started to look at, maybe I want to explore. And maybe I want to explore, and I know when it came out, people were sort of saying, oh, but I've already got a ship that's better than that. But maybe I'll try the Diamondback, because I haven't got a, a better ship. I haven't tried the Asp. I haven't tried, you know, something that would be bigger, better for exploring. So maybe, you know, the Diamondback's in a decent sort of economic window for, for me. Uh, maybe the Cobra's better, I don't know. But, you know, I'm going to give the Diamondback a go. Cause it's a different experience, different ship. And I haven't really, I've done a little bit of exploring, but I haven't really done lots of exploring. So maybe I'll just kit the Diamondback out and go out there and, and you know, and just go into, uh, you know, to distance. And before anybody, you know, says anything about, oh, the Diamondback's this much better at this and worse at this, I don't want to know. You know, because actually part of that is defining my own goal, if you see what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, that's the whole point of Elite, isn't it? It's, it's your story. It's, it's your discovery. It's up to you. Well, it is. But the multiplayer element of Elite Dangerous can dilute that to a point. Because, of course, you know, and I did talk about this quite early on in the design setup. And, I, you know, and I said to John, I'd rather that Elite Dangerous didn't become a game between two wikis. <laughs> yeah. Where, you know, the, the people in the design area come up with a load of stuff and then you play the game. Actually, the players are then, I've got, a, you know, uh, an encyclopedia that collates all the stuff that they find. So essentially, you're just translating. <laughs> you see what I mean? So, because actually when you do that, you, you know, there's, ultimately you end up with less things to discover. Um, so I, I kind of, I'm kind of, as I say, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of trying to, to find ways in which I can have the game experience, you know, and, and you know, not just the game experience, how, discover things, discover what works for me, what, what's different for me, without necessarily seeing, you know, sort of use the lack of, um, of play time, the lack of experience, it's almost as an advantage in that regard. And I, I think comparatively to some other games, it's problematic. Uh, um, I started playing, and obviously a completely different game, I started playing Shadowrun this week. I bought it you know, a while ago, and I know lots of people have played it and really enjoyed it. And obviously Shadowrun's focus is entirely on that single-player experience, that campaign and everything else. And that's not really what Elite is at all. But there is a timeless to the way in which you can experience that you can experience it however you're you know wherever you're you begin something um and so i don't feel in any way less in that i'm only discovering shadow runs great qualities and it's you know not so great qualities right now so and with you know with xcom same with you with something else i think the the issue with the elite at the moment is that you know there needs to be something that kind of uh, you're one of the, the things with Shadowrun immediately immerses you. It needs to be, you know, Elite has all the all the visual um, candy that it could possibly have. 
in, in terms of narrative candy, it's kind of, like I say, all a bit sort of wallpaper around you. And to actually get involved in it is, is a little bit more difficult. Uh, or to want to get involved in it is a little bit more difficult. And I, you know, I recognize the take or leave it of, of power plays, you know, exactly there. And, you know, I, I like the fact that it sort of take or leave it because to be honest, I'll leave it. Um, but there are, you know, there are some ways in which you would like and kind of involve you um, not to not to celebrate you above anybody else not to you know like I say pedestal the player but it would be nice to have something that just sort of uh, made you feel that you're 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 not just constructing your own story but the game is bending towards your story too <laughs> well while me his experiences and desires I've flown from Lave off to Shinata Desra to have a quick look at the Imperial Eagle. Uh, and, are you saying I talk too much? Oh, I, I wouldn't say you're talking too much. I'm just saying that I had enough time to fly, fly to sh- the founder system, get my eagle, <laughs> kit it out, and then myself and Terence Klophammer have been looking at our eagles, basically, outside of Shinata Desra. Uh, you know... Uh, all part of the service, Ben. Quite happy. Oh, thank you very much. I did. I, I was listening, and I was like, I'm, I asked you to cover, so because we couldn't actually talk about CQC without Grant and Colin. So, thank you very much, sir. Job brilliantly done. It was excellent, and now I can report on the Imperial Eagle, which is a lovely-looking ship. Uh, comes comes by standard in the standard Imperial white. Um, I've noticed that despite what I, as I recall, they said, and you can call me out if I'm wrong here, but we don't have any of our eagle skins. So it looks like our eagle skins from standard haven't been, um, co- haven't been taken over from the normal eagle to the imperial eagle. My only skin is pure white. Um, but I do have my, my stickers and things like that, but not the Lavecon ones. Um, but I found that the the decals, basically, in the Eagle go off and get in the way of a whole load of the lovely detail of the ship in its own right. So I've actually taken off all my decals because I thought they made this ship look worse rather than better. And that's purely for aesthetics point of view, I suppose, isn't it? Anybody? Nobody? Maybe? Well, I like you said, you're the only person that's got that eagle, so none oh. of us have been able to compare yet. Oh, oh no, Grant's in CQC, isn't he? A white eagle sounds sounds great. Sounds a bit bit Buck Rogers, doesn't it? You know, it's actually it looks really really nice. Um, the medium hard point comes out of the top, so as I recall, doesn't the normal eagle? It comes out the top as like a, a, a mini a mini stanchion or something like that, isn't there at the top of the standard eagle? And that's I did where the... when 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 the Imperial League was was talked about. Um, I did sort of uh, look at the idea, and actually, I the reason I have an eagle, when it's the only other ship I've got at the moment, I've got the Cobra and the Eagle. And the Eagle was was bought to have a cheap ship that I could go to to war zones and be incredibly mm-hmm. maneuverable and have fun. Um, and actually. I kind of felt that the Imperial Eagle was probably uh, undermining the reason I 
I, you know, the reason I had the eagle. Do you know what I mean? It was sort of slightly less in the in the categories where. Uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure you guys can correct me, but it was slightly less in the categories where I was looking to to use the eagle. I wanted really manoeuvrable. You know, um, isn't the imperial a little bit less manoeuvrable? That's what I understand. Yes, I've not had a chance to try it out yet. Because I, I uh, think the, I mean, obviously the the advantage for the eagle in any fight is that it is more manoeuvrable than most other ships um great so so yeah and 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 you know it totally totally outgunned by other things but in the middle of a in the middle of an utterly chaotic melee you know you can fly in the middle of an utterly chaotic melee and i also quite liked the fact that the the power management setup with the uh, with the normal eagle you could max it very carefully so if you were if you were clever in the way in which you you know you put your guns into it you could have it so it just literally automatically switched off certain systems that you didn't need and you had maxed the you know um uh the the weapon payload uh i haven't the one thing i did find is i've not yet mastered uh shield rechargers you know i was actually i was trying to use shield recharges in the, the eagle and really haven't managed to, to sort of master that yet I, I kind of can't judge the moment that i need them you know um and missiles missile batteries um i i tended to find if i was using missile batteries on it i was kind of um i was ending up spending more money you know because if you use it in a in a little you know you going into combat zones actually you don't want to be using missile batteries very much because they you know they cost cost more than you're probably going to make on things but if, well, that, if you're that, do, using it on assassination missions then yeah I, well, I'd say that's the other way around now I've normally oh, found okay. that uh, yeah they've, they've gone and up the, the amount of bounty and, and stuff like that for, for more ships I mean or they've, they've dropped the price of missiles I mean if you're in the middle of a uh, a combat zone Typically, an eagle will net you four thousand credits, and the price of missiles have dropped significantly for reloading. When it when it first started, well, that, 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 yeah, that sort it, of that, shows, doesn't it? Shows my shows my my lack of play. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, and I mean, I would advise getting back in that eagle again and 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 uh, having fun. But um, I am actually looking. At the, I mean, the the Imperial Eagle is supposed to lose the maneuverability and gain speed. So if you still want to win with it, you've just got to um, use new tactics. Yeah, I, I mean, it would be interesting because most of the, the one-on-ones with the Eagle versus the Viper, the Viper absolutely you know, takes the Eagle out. It would be, it'd be interesting to see if the trade-off for the Imperial Eagle makes that a slightly closer dogfight. Um, obviously, the Viper's got four hard points to three, um, and it is massively faster, but it would be interesting to see if, if it makes a difference, you know, for a skilled eagle player, um, if it makes a difference in that kind of combat. Well, if you, if you want to arrange a time when you can turn up your eagle and I'll get a viper and, and, and uh, we'll put that argument to rest, always feel, feel free to drop me a message. <laughs> you, you just want to fight, that's what it is. <laughs> I don't suppose any of you know the speed of the viper, do you? Oh, not off the it's, top of my head. No. 
It's around 400, isn't it? It's it's pretty quick. I mean, the Viper is, you know... I thought the Cobra was faster. Again? No, no, the Cobra was faster now. I, no, I don't think so. Current, currently with A5, A203 thrusters, whatever the, the size thrusters that I've got in this thing, I'm travelling at 324, and I can boost up to 423. Ah, oh, right, that's definitely faster than the Cobras. That, that's your eagle, yeah? That's the Imperial Eagle, yeah. yeah the other yeah, thing, that's... though, that the Imperial Eagle has over the Standard Eagle is that instead of being three small hard points, it's two small and one medium. Yeah, and, yeah I remember. Uh, that was something I actually... I loved the idea behind the Eagle, but because it was just the three small hard points, I found it incredibly difficult taking out medium to larger ships. So mm-hmm. even though I could dance around the ships all day... I was plinking away and plinking away at them, and but by the time I'd sort of done any damage, it's like five hours had passed. Well, the, that... the burst laser, the burst laser missile is is the you know the the combination of choice in terms of the the power power management. Yeah, because right. Because the bursts really do work well on the the original eagle. Um, the only yeah, you because know, they're they're basically. I think you know, sort of play, use those on shields, and and then you fire your missiles in. You know, so it's a very quick, quick sort of assassination uh, uh, tool up. Um, certainly, if Colin said that the prices on missiles have come down, I'm you know, I'm I'm all over that. Certainly makes a lot of sense to me. Um, no, there, there was a there was an outcry not long ago that the why was the point of bounty hunting because you weren't getting the reward to cover the costs. Mm. Uh, and they've gone and balanced that out, I think. No, they definitely have. I remember that. It was a couple of patches ago, wasn't it, that came mm. about? Right, well, we've been talking pretty solidly for about an hour, and Mr. Cow has returned, so why don't we have an advert break, and then we'll come into the experiences that you guys have had playing CQC a wee bit. Sounds, okay. like, a good, sounds like a good idea. I think that sounds like an excellent idea. Live Radio, transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. Natural remedies have always been some of the galaxy's finest, so when we discovered a wholly natural way of slimming down and reducing your appetite, we had to share it with everyone. Harnessing the amazing powers of our native parasitic life, Sonodoro. Vegas Slim Reed has been used by settlers of the region for decades with undeniable results and significant health benefits. If you think that Vegas Slim Weed could be the solution you're looking for, speak to your doctor today. Traveling the Vegas Slim Weed Ingestive may constitute smoking. Please check before your journey and do pay yourself a customer for internal search. Failure to digest does not constitute grounds for reimbursement. Side effects may include but are not limited to increased blood pressure and heart rate, insomnia, nervousness, blurred vision, restlessness or headache. Some forms of parasite may cause stomach side effects like constipation, dry mouth, nausea or vomiting. Small sample patients exhibit full body paralysis, catatonic state and internal hemorrhage. Parasite must be purged before pupation, else death will occur. And we're back, I believe. Yes, are we back? Yes, you are. Sorry about the yes, game sounds bleeding through that advert. I was. Sorry, and the, the current lack of processing grants, Grant and Colin are so busy in deep in the shooting things in CQC, I'm assuming. So why don't you guys tell us how you've been finding that? Well, I have to say it's been an absolute delight. Um... It really has. Oh, oh, I just died. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Classic. It's it's been. No, I haven't. I'm still alive. Yeah, it's a guy in a sidewinder. Big horrible. I I actually, you know, I mean, I've had such a 
a lot of fun uh, in this game so far. We've uh, I'm currently in the lead, which is you know unheard of. Twenty-six <laughs> percent hull. I'm in trouble, uh, and uh, it's been the matchmaking is definitely a bit iffy. It's it's going to be the part that's going to cause the most frustration. That's for sure. Um, but I'm currently playing in deathmatch, which is a free for all. Everybody for themselves, and it is chaos. It is chaos. You think you've got someone lined up for a nice sneaky kill? Two guys come in behind you, and your shields are gone in a second, and your hull's gone even quicker, and you haven't even got time to react. It is that quick. It is that crazy. It is that awesome. Ow! And, and um, I just went into an asteroid. I did a fuzzer. It's one of these things that you just. I think if you were to go in there as an organised team. And play, you know, maybe unfairly in a team deathmatch when you play a team and you cover each other's backsides, you would become very difficult to beat. I'm currently against Eagles, and they are—they've got beam lasers, and I've just got wee pulse lasers. In fact, you know who I'm shooting at just now? It goes by the certain. No, name. who are you shooting at just now? Commander Phoenix Defire. You get—that's you. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. It is great fun for a quick sort of um, crazy shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot. Um, and it's just ultimately the, the, the scenery is beautiful, the, the gameplay is stunning, it's smooth once you're in. And then once you're in you just constantly keep getting games, so you just stay in the queue and onwards it goes. And you know, it keeps going, oh, I mean the scenery, flying inside gives you that complete um, death star trench run feeling and often ends end up with me bouncing around like some kind of uh, ma- manic marble <laughs> it's just yeah I'm thoroughly enjoying it it's beautiful gameplay it's crazy fast and competitive is not the word um, I think if you know the I jumped I've managed to do not too bad. I've gone up quite a few levels and I've tried flying in the Sidewinder and it's not... The first level Sidewinder is not as big an advantage as you might hope. Oh, no! Oh, yes. Yeah. (laughs) And... um, did the Colin Eagles. just kill you, Grant? Yeah, yes, he did. Well, actually, I helped him out by hitting every single part of that superstructure. But the, the Sidewinder wasn't quite as... It can take a lot more damage, and it's got shield cells, so you can recharge those shields when things go bad. Um, but it's clunkier than the Condor, so you don't quite get that same epic feel. The Eagle has two beam lasers and overheats very quickly so it's got heat sinks that it ejects to keep its temperature regulated but the Eagle does seem to be a ship that does give you quite a significant advantage and of course that could really just be for the way that I fly and these Eagles are ganging up on people they're nasty they are aren't they well I'm about to take one of them out so tough luck, his pal's been taken on by somebody else in the Condor um, so it does feel very rock paper scissorsy, which is awesome because that's exactly how it should feel, you know. That and of course I'm looking at the upgrades that you can get to the ships, and you can add heat sinks, and uh, I can add a kinetic resistant hull um, to my Condor, which should obviously make you last a bit longer once your shields are down. You can alter your shield unit for a slightly smaller shield unit um, because it just gives you other advantages like heat. Dissipation and uh, it's, it's just it's like another game. <laughs> oh, grand! Taste that 
Phoenix, you dead. <laughs> and it is ultimately brilliantly great fun and you know, it's everything you'd want from I just fancy shooting something and jumping in here and not feeling that someone's ruining your day when they take you out. In fact, it really just encourages you to go on and tackle some more people and show someone else that, you know, and, and, and with the hot-ass controller in comparison to the Xbox controller, it is just even more delightful because you do feel like you are some ace fighter pilot uh, turning, tearing through the sky and taking out those enemies left, right and centre like you're a space cowboy. Ah, oh, it's just all those files. Get <laughs> That's me just won my first CQC tournament. Oh, congratulations, Grant. Thank you all. <laughs> and that's what I mean. So, I mean, you're obviously you're playing to rank up to get yourself to the point where you're able to upgrade your ships. And I've got a feeling a lot of people, especially you, Ben, are going to stay in that condor and just soup it out because it flies... It flies like a motorbike. <laughs> I am a leaf in the wind. So get in there, guys. Come on, you know. If you've not got part of the beta, I'm not sure how long this beta is going to run for. It's pretty darn good. In comparison to my experience on the Xbox, I it's night and day. You get into the games... They might at first it was twenty minutes it took me and I think you and I were the same Ben it just couldn't get a game and you began Aye. to get that sinking feeling that this is going to be awful but actually <laughs> it was very quickly resolved and it's been fantastic and so much fun and so oh God what can you say I'll just sit here thinking I want the Oculus back. Obviously, my brother, give me the oh. Oculus back. And if not, I need to get either an ED tracker or a track IR system because this game demands it, doesn't it? It does. I mean, I'm using the ED tracker right now, and it gives you that little bit of an extra edge. And <laughs> I must admit, I'm having a blast. I mean, when we were doing... I had to go back to Alpha 2, but the fun that we had in Alpha 2 was back with this. Because, you know, there's no consequences. You, you haven't wiped out a commander. You haven't, um, you haven't spoilt someone's day if you're doing PvP. This is just pure on, right, gloves are off, come at you. It's fantastic. As I can imagine, as I say, it's going to get a bit... Uh, I think it may be fun to do some team play of this as well. And I think definitely you want... With the PC playlists, it's working slightly more... In integrated than the Xbox friends list. The Xbox one to get invite someone to your squad is a bit of a palaver. Um, mm. I'm still waiting for a match on the Xbox version, by the way. It's still running. Um, oh, I gave up about half an hour ago now. <laughs> and the PC version, you just invite people from your friend, your commander friend list, and invite them in, and they join you in the lobby. So if you've got you know eight pals kicking about on your friends list, and you all jump in, you can have a wee private session to yourself so on a death match. So just have fun in for bragging rights, or if you're wanting to try and do some video footage and maybe create your own little storyline here and get some decent video footage, then you know the debug camera doesn't work, so you can't do that. Um, <laughs> 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 I'm just trying it for you guys live right now. I'm doing another wee trench run. And it's just yeah, it's gonna be great fun. I imagine the debug camera will, will eventually arrive in this part, but possibly they can't imagine why anybody would be looking anywhere else 
than on their radar and for oh, oh, people shooting at you like they currently just start me <laughs> now as far as the debug camera is concerned I'm hoping they put in something like an X-Wing film room so you can record the whole fight and then play it back from any angle that'd be great a wee director's room version yeah that could be quite pretty whoa Commander Garrett is not happy with me so <laughs> I'm just going to go and do a run and get out of the way and hide Oh no, I'm not going to make it! <laughs> Stay on target. Uh, I got blasted by an eagle. So, yeah, the, I think, you know, if you're going to go in there and do your own little private sessions, this is a game that will bring that Grand Theft Auto belly laughter uh, with you and your friends. It will make you absolutely howl as you see your friend trying to escape fire, you know, some heavy fire and slamming into something by mistake like I'm just about to do it oh made it and um, it's got that kind of high octane feel to it it's it's tricky I actually really 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 like the way that your target lock gets lost when they go behind an object but if you can track where they come you can catch it again later on but if you're out of a line of sight for too long you totally lose that lock on that particular ship it's a really nice feature Oh, damn. Into the right, so what features would you see that you'd like for them to improve? For example, I know you know, we've been talking about having to wait maybe half an hour in-game. One thing that I know that Star Wars Old Republic has for both its PvP and its looking for group instances is you could be playing the, the normal game, as it were, and up in the top right there's a way that you could just basically say whilst I'm playing along and doing my normal questing and stuff like that, I'm also looking for group. You know, would you like to be able to fly around in normal space whilst keeping an eye open for a CQC match? Well, that would be an idea. Um, the thing is, you'd have to be able to drop out of where you are if you weren't stuck in the middle of a uh, uh, of a situation like, you know, docking or or in the middle of a, of a, of a real football if you see what I mean well, I don't know I mean to be honest that the match making has been absolutely perfectly pleasant so far and I don't see there being any other than the, obviously the one thing that we all want is we want this to be embedded in the game so that you pull up at a station and register for a CQC match and you get out your, your ship so it doesn't feel like this um, diet version of the game bolt on the side but Ultimately, it feels good, it's great fun, and I can't believe you took me out, Mr. Eagle, when I was almost destroying that sidewinder. I hope he kills you, and you, your children, and your children's children. <coughs> this doesn't get personal at all. Garrett, I'm coming for you. Oh my god, I've gone from like being first place to being right down at the bum end. Yeah, well, I know that <laughs> feeling right now. Are there any other things that you guys would like that you've yeah, seen that sorry. you'd like to be added in? If you were to be able to set up your own match and and you know to an, an invite only sort of thing situation where you could pick your pals and create your own custom uh, level for it uh, and possibly even some tools to design your own arenas for the for the game as well. I mean, what we're looking at here is a potential alternative or different game altogether to Elite yeah. and that's 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 the danger of it but I think you know being able to create your own little custom level and 
invite your friends in and set your own rules and set your own kill um, targets, like much like you can with the sort of small games in um, Grand Theft Auto. You know, you can set the rounds and the number of races and stuff, but I think, to be honest, actually, it kind of does open the way to a CQC race, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, you could race around these uh, 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 these maps quite quite nicely. Oh, I'm under attack again. What the hell? I've just hit a speed boost. That's that is <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> Now, one thing which I've noticed as well, whilst I've been flying around in the main game on beta, is that I've been getting random wing invites to CQC matches. So up in my envelope in my navig in my communications panel in the top left of my screen, I've had various commanders saying, "Hey, come and play CQC with me." So the first time I got one, I I was like, "What's this?" Press the tick button, then found myself basically being kicked out of Lave Station. And suddenly getting into CQC. And well, I'm like, I don't want to be in CQC. I'm trying. I'm I'm doing a show here. I can't do CQC. Oh, multitask, mate. We are doing it. Yeah, Frank. Frank has sent a wee message over the Twitch channel suggesting that NPC bots would be good in CQC. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think you you know if you want to create it, maybe referees. Maybe we could have illegal moves like you know ramming is illegal, and you get a a five second pause in your ship where you can't control it. No, oh, I didn't do too well on that one. Oh, pants. No, we're no longer in the same game. We've we've split somehow. I didn't I didn't notice when it happened, but uh, I'm now in a group of four. All right, so you're not in your same same eight. Yeah, so it, it, that's kind of unusual. That's kind of quirky. You would expect to remain with the same people that you connected to, wouldn't you? Oh, I dropped out. I dropped out because I was too busy talking to you guys. Ah, <laughs> See, okay. Colin's being responsible, unlike some people, Grant. That's the first. And now let's go to an advert break. Yeah, it goes starting game <laughs> in five, four, three. Let's go for a quick advert break. Two, one. No, 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 no. <laughs> that seems seems legitimate to me. <laughs> it's great. I mean, it, it, you can't uh, understate it. It's good fun if you like if you like player versus player combat. This is it on adrenaline with all the sort of whistles and bells. It does have uh, the slight sort of disappointing side of things is it's really frustrating when you find yourself constantly spawning in the crosshairs of other ships and that can be a bit of a, a bind but because the rounds are so quick you don't feel that when you're destroyed that you've lost anything it can just be oh for god's sake not again and, and I was about to kill him but that's kind of good disappointment um, rather than you feel that there's no point playing but the yes flying with the hot ass and the combat pedals is an absolute delight Love it, and it's working really well, which you know not all of the <laughs> updates have done. I dare say there will be some little some little menu glitches that are coming through where um, it seems to be that the menus flicker a lot when you're trying to invite people to your squads, and that's a bit of a frustration. But these things will all work themselves out. In the meantime, we just all need to make sure that when Karash is doing his stream, that we don't let him live very long. Oh yes, um, Friday night will be Kill Crash Night. So yeah, everybody who's listening to the live radio show, make sure Friday night you're about for CQC, and we'll uh, we'll make Karash cry live on air. 
That's griefing. But is allowed in this game. Well, you know, there's no such thing as griefing. <laughs> is there? Hello. Mr. Oh, greetings, Mr. Stabler. I thought I'd come in and interrupt the podcast. Um, I just, because now seems a good time, you were talking about CQC. I did play it for a bit earlier. Um, uh, you mentioned the menu issues on the right-hand side of adding people and, and kind of... Basically, there's more than one thing in the list. You can't select the second or third or fourth item, which means muting players is a bit tricky. Um, but my main... I mean, I take it that's going to be a simple fix. I mean, they, they might roll something out in the next couple of days for that. Um, what bugged me was uh, I completed an entire game of deathmatch and right at the end the, the timer went to zero and no one could exit it didn't, the game didn't exit so I lost all my points oh no welcome yeah. to Xbox land that's what was happening all the way through the first bit of Xbox when it was working yeah. you, you just never would progress I'm now currently at rank 3 I've only played 3 matches so I'm I'm quite happy there. So it's obviously fixed things uh, since you started. And the other thing is, they need a team deathmatch mode that you can select, rather than having to go into the kind of uh, the mode where it kind of puts you into a randomised team deathmatch or Mm. capture the flag. Yeah, I mean, you've got a capture the flag option at the bottom, but yeah, I know what you mean, because I I thought that was going to... When it says team conflict, you think that's team deathmatch. Yeah, I can... I can think of reasons why they've done it that way to kind of make people experiment with capture the flag and to kind of make sure that you know, do you know what I mean, if, if there's a couple of people playing capture the flag and everyone else is playing de- team deathmatch then obviously it's going to be hard to spread everybody around so by doing it this way I guess they're kind of forcing people to populate the capture the flag games uh, well that's what I'm assuming anyway um, apart from that I mean it, has a, it is actually quite fun you know, the, the arenas are cool. Flying around them, it gives you that kind of Return of the Jedi and the Death Star kind of feeling, which I like. Um, and the Condor's quite a cool ship. But I, th- I think there's some, some tweaks to be made. And like I think Grant was just saying, getting shot as soon as you start is... Uh, well, it's, it's a pain, but then again, I mean, you forget about it so quickly. It's, <laughs> you know, it's just so... It's, it's so different to the main game. It, is a, it an, does an, sound a little bit. It does sound a little bit like um, Tachyon, like when we we uh, uh, we did Retrolove and Tachyon. It sounds like you're having the same kind of time. Yeah, uh, I, I would say uh, so, but yeah. but oh, without the turreting. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not turreting. You've got the full joy of the elite flight engine and the wonderful ways of hitting your flight assist off and using your oh dear, I'm in trouble now uh, using your <laughs> chaff to, to break their locks on you and it's just, oh, it's just, yeah, it's got that real I'm flying this and I'm fighting for my life and I'm going to kill this person, I'm going to, it's got that wonderful feel about it, I think it will be a, a fantastic little sort of add-in to the game but it doesn't make sense yet There is one other problem that I found, and I took advantage of it, and that is, if you go into deathmatch mode, but you're on Skype with some buddies, there's nothing to stop you from ganging up on everybody else, Um, (laughs) which we did, and we smashed everybody and won. Um, This is you and your brother again, I'm guessing. Yeah, and a couple of others, I won't name names. Um, If you work in a team, you've got a real advantage in the team deathmatch, and if you cover each of the backside... 
but yeah, but that's what I mean. Is because there's no team deathmatch option. There's, there's nothing stopping people just going into the normal deathmatch and behaving like a team to kind of reduce their own deaths and to increase their effectiveness. Something else that's quite frustrating is the steel kills or you know, kill stealing. Oh. Yes, that. But, and that's Don't you have assists a though as well? You get assists, but assist, yes, but when you've done all the bloody hard work and somebody comes and just fires that last shot, that's really annoying. So if you like kill stealing, <laughs> then you know this game's for you. You'll love it because <laughs> it works really well. Just look at who's getting shot at, and as you're coming in from a distance, and then see if the guy shooting's got lowest shields or the guy getting hit's got lowest shields, and then pick your target. I tend to favour taking out the guy who's doing the attacking because they're not paying attention. Because that's what keeps happening to me. <laughs> that I'm makes so, sense to me. So focused on the, the ship in front that I've not noticed the fact that the guy behind me is tearing me to shreds. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Right, I think we're rapidly running out of time, so there's a little competition that was being arranged. Colin, do you want to speak about that? Yeah, um, uh, Zach put up a post uh, end of last week uh, for a On the Horizon competition. And it does seem that um, the Lifetime Expansion Pass, which is available for sale now, they'll be stopping it on the 14th of September. So if you are wanting to go for the whole uh, Horizons upgrade and, and all that malarkey, then you've only got a limited time. But in light of this... What they've gone and done is they've combined a competition with the Peak of the Week, which is obviously, um, if, if you've seen the Peak of the Week, uh, it's obviously a view of a planet from a planet. And what they're asking is, um, can you guess which planet it's from? Now, obviously, you've got a choice of what um, as many planets as there are in 4 billion star systems. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the winner will win a chance to name their own planet. So, um, well, maybe was, that's what they're showing you—the planet that you get to name. Just, just pick mm. a name at random, and that's what I'm going to call that planet. So, yeah, you're going to get three guesses, and the closest person to that planet will win. So, there you go. Frank just asked a question in Twitch chat. Uh oh. <laughs> His question is. How does it compare to the Star Citizen Combat Arena? I'm sure that's a, I'm sure that's a red played, card. You know what? I haven't played the Star Citizen Combat Arena for over seven or eight months. So I'm sure it's moved on from where it was. The controls are still quite spongy. I find them spongy, with the, obviously using the, the hot ass. Uh, I find it quite spongy and, and it's like you pull to the left and there's a couple of seconds the ship comes over and then as you release it continues to go past where you want it to and you then turn to the right and it's spongy again and then it swings by. So that, that's one of the things that obviously you've got to get used to in the Star Citizen's flight model. All I can really say to that uh, question is find that I prefer the Elite flight engine at the current minute and therefore the CQC just feels more natural to play than the Star Citizen Combat Arena, which obviously, you know, is a stunningly beautiful game. But I think, you know, as time goes on, the tweaks and tw fixes that Elite are introducing are making it into every bit as beautiful a game as Star Citizen. And the danger is that when Star Citizen finally hits the release, it might just be, you know, a kind of close 
Game 2 Elite, there might not be as big a distinction between the two when it hits. And I hope it comes out soon, because it does look like great fun. And they've got some amazing graphics, like their, their cityscapes. And I saw the, the video of the spacewalk, but... Yeah, as far as the arenas, I much prefer the CQC. It's fast-paced and it's not too turrety. You've got to sort of spin that ship and control it, and I love that kind of opportunity to take somebody out while they try and work out where you're coming from. And you don't quite get that in Star Citizen. Star Citizen is very, very fast and uh, very complicated to sort of work out what you're doing. Well... I'd compare it to two things. Um, I'd compare the um, CQC is more like uh, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter and X-Wing Alliance, uh, where I would say Star Citizen, because the controls are more sluggish, it'd probably more, be more like iWar 2. And out of the two models, even though I love the iWar games, I would be with CQC and the X-Wing type. Now, do we ban... Frank for mentioning that that the other game. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't that. It was just the fact that it was a you know it was a the, the flight models are very very different, and it really does come down to personal taste. And there'll be people that really love the way that the Star Citizen feels um, and its flight model, and I just find it spongy. But again, it's one of these things where you're currently playing the game that you're playing. And it's very hard to kind of break that, uh, what you're currently enjoying, to try something else. It's like, you know, do you risk it? Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell when you've, you've snuffed it one, can't you? Oh, God, he got me. You can tell Grant just died there again, didn't he? Yeah, oh, it happens a lot. I'm very good at dying. I'm quite proficient. Right, well, I think we should start wrapping it up. I think, Alan, you had a couple of other things you were wanting to mention, yes? Uh, there was just one, really. Um, the just, just a, uh, It's going to get announced on the Kickstarter, just to let, uh, let folks know. I finally have the Lave Revolution movie footage. Um, it Oops. got delivered to me last week, which, um, Yay. which was great. Um, needs an edit, needs the CGI doing, and of course... Now that Elite Dangerous, uh, the the debug camera has been released, you know, pro, um, subsequently to when we actually filmed Lave Revolution, um, it looks like we'll be able to do the CGI in engine. What we'll then do is look at um, giving that a bit of a treatment out of engine, so there'll be a bit of, of post production done on it. But in the next few weeks, when I start to get some time, hopefully when you know I've got a book finished or or whatever else. When I start to get some time, we'll be looking at trying to do some in-game filming, and um, I think uh, we'll try and set something up whereby there's a few posts on the forums to see if people are interested in helping out. Excellent. That, that sounds, sounds awesome. a lot of fun, yeah. I think we can Aye. all we'd all enjoy doing a bit of sort of acting in our craft. Oh, <laughs> and if you need someone that can bounce off anything, no matter how big and obvious, <laughs> uh, then yeah, I'm your Yeah, well, well, there'll be a lot of people firing at Lave Stage. So you know, make sure your insurance is up to date. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, make so sure your insurance die. is up to date. <laughs> I'll be the cameraman. <laughs> right. Have we had any questions from guys this week that we've got about two minutes to answer? Um, yeah, we had uh, one question. Has there been anything from Pax Prime? No. Um, apparently, in Reddit, um, people have said that there's a Pax exclusive paint job and decal. Yeah, okay, there's That's that, not but there's no news. Anything new news. No. 
So I think that's that's one question that we we got asked. Right. Um, so I think that's really about it. So we do have to give a shout out though to Fiery Toad, who managed to rescue Mad Dog after joining into the cosmos, and was on his way back home, and then managed to run out of game. So con- run out of game, run out of fuel. So congratulations, Mad Dog, for managing to run out of petrol. Yeah, I think if I remember right, what happened was two live streams went up around about sort of uh, four o'clock, um, and you had Mad Dog stream, which was obviously he was on his homecoming leg, and you had Fiery Toads. But the the titles of the streams were really different. One was I'm off rescuing this Wazik. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just, you know, the funniest thing is, of course, that Mad Dog just recently in his last um, Twitch stream was talking about if you run out of fuel, you shouldn't be playing the game. And, you know, it just goes to show you. you got to watch and be careful what you say, lest you curse yourself. Sounds fair to me. Right. I have to give a massive shout-out to my wingman for today, Terence Klophanger, his Klophammer, who's been flying around in the Eagle and Jameson Monor- Memorial and Lace Station with me in the beta, and I think we've, we've had a bit of fun tonight. Uh, anyone you guys want to shout out in the... Oh, over in the CQC land, or Xbox land? I'll give a shout out to Z-Wolf, who just took that tournament. He clutched victory from my jaws, and uh, yes, how frustrating that was. Uh, let's see, uh, Commander. Oh, let's see, <laughs> Commander Astrodamus has has managed to do very well against me. So well done, you. <coughs> and we've got quite a few people sitting on the Twitch stream. Do you want to go through and, and give you a rundown of who's joining us in Twitch? Why not? Because I have to pronounce them, and it might be tricky. And that's where the fun is. <laughs> oh, we have we have Commanders Basil Debris. We have CG Reynolds. Carnby666, Commander Lenslark, Crowley, Fulluck, Frank, Garzini, Gimsek, Jolly12345, must be an awful lot of Jollies in the world, uh, Cano Magnus, Lighting Sloth, Mazimus, Nuffermanen, Thomas180573, and Up to Date, which is an awesome one, that's an awesome nickname, it's Up to D4. T-E-3-3, sorry, that's awesome. Uh, Watcher and x X. Thanks, guys, for actually watching us when you could have been playing, unless you haven't got beta, in which case, I'm sorry I brought it up. <laughs> um, I take it, I, I know it's probably already been mentioned, but I've got to get in a last-minute plug for Chaos Champs, which is happening, it's the first episode tomorrow night. And Hi. Yeah, at 9pm British summertime. And you can find that on twitch.tv slash chaoschamps, all one word. Not chaoschumps, chaoschamps. Um, <laughs> and you can and also you, find us. Oh, go on. No, I was going to say, and also if you want to social with us, uh, we are on Facebook. Uh, we are facebook.com forward slash chaoschamps. Again. So uh, we're going to be streaming a game between uh, Kate Russell and Unstable Voltage, who were the, uh, the winners on the two days that we ran tournaments at LaveCon. So it's basically a grudge match to find out who is the best LaveCon uh, player. That sounds like a lot of fun. The ultimate decider. Right. And Mr. Forbes, yes. do you want to give a shout-out to the gentlemen and ladies in IRC? Okay, um, we've got um, Underscore Penguin, got Arkham Boust, Azzyron, Brett C, Commander Bapster, Commander Highbite, Commander Payne, Commander St- 
Stronzini commanded Tia Time or Tea Time, depending on, on whether he's a Terry Pratchett fan. Commander Ventra, Ellie John, Fiverr, Gimme, uh, Mangle, uh, Nilesen, Sneevis, T Clophammer, and oh no, didn't we have this one last time? Upper Bottom. I have to admit, I do remember mentions about upper bottom and bottoms in episode 75, yes. Yes. Right. Yes. Well, we'll, and, we'll leave Mr. Bot to himself. And on that note, that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email us on info at laveradio.com. We're on Facebook on slash Lave Radio. We are at Lave Radio on Twitter. You can join the Skype channel by adding Fozzle 101 to your Skype contacts and asking him to join us. You can also join us on the TeamSpeak server where the commanders hang out and chat all day, which is laveradio.teamspeak3.com. Uh, we're recorded every Tuesday on, a, on our live servers at 20.30 British time, whether, whether it's summer or winter, we, we're still coming out at half past eight. And that is streamed out at http colon slash slash laveradio.com forward slash live thanks to alan to jarvis to grant to colin and a belated thanks to mr stabler i've been your host ben moss woodward commander edelweiss until next time fly safe and if you can't do that fly dangerous Two seconds, I'll be right back.